0: Hello, and welcome to 7-Minute Opinions, your audio guide to thought-provoking arguments from a variety of the week's writers and thinkers. I'm Paul Waldman, and today I'd like to talk about our hopelessly divided country. As Americans, we often seem desperate to find a leader who can unite us all in a common purpose, who can help us put aside our petty squabbles and work together to create the future we all want. If only those partisans in Washington cared more about the country than about their party, then we could really find our way out of the gridlock and back to the good old days when we were all on the same team. Right? Well, guess what? There is no leader who can do that. So we ought to just stop asking. It's actually remarkable that we haven't realized that unifying us just isn't within the president's power. Though to be fair, our leaders have tried incessantly to convince us otherwise. Presidential candidates have long made a habit of claiming they can transcend partisan bickering and bring Democrats and Republicans together to solve problems. The races are close. The American people have been closely divided. The Congress, whatever happens, will be closely divided. They are sending us a message. Work together. I want to change the tone of Washington to one of civility and respect but we can bring Democrats and Republicans together to pass an agenda that works for the American people. Sure, each of these presidents tried to bring Democrats and Republicans together, at least to some degree, but they all failed. If you try to think of times when the country was truly unified, what probably pops into your head is World War II, when the greatest generation put its shoulder to the wheel to defeat the Axis or maybe the time right after the attacks of 9-11. George W. Bush, you might recall, had approval ratings over 90% for a brief time. But Bush himself didn't bring us together. What brought us together was the moment of crisis and the external threat. Franklin Roosevelt was an extraordinary leader, but he didn't unify the country either. Lots of Americans hated him. Yet we persist in believing that a president simply through the force of his will can unify the country. There's another myth that feeds this idea, that the things that the parties disagree about aren't all that meaningful, and if they could just open their hearts, they'd find common ground. We talk about partisanship as though it's just about preference, no more significant than whether you like chocolate or vanilla or the Yankees or the Red Sox. But that's simply not true. When politicians disagree, it's often because they have incompatible values. Most Democrats believe it's inhumane for society not to guarantee a certain minimum standard of things like food, shelter, and health care. Most Republicans don't. Most Democrats believe women ought to control their own reproductive lives. Most Republicans don't. Most Democrats believe the wealthy ought to shoulder more of the burden of funding the things government does. Most Republicans don't. These aren't just fleeting preferences. They spring from fundamental ideas about how the world works and how it ought to work. And yes, we live in a polarized age, but that's in large part because both parties have become more internally consistent about what they believe. There are problematic consequences for the government's ability to perform basic functions, but the differences are substantive and substantial. So what's a president to do? The unfortunate answer is the most basic, try. Try to do as good a job as possible, even if it won't make for cross-party unity. Create a thriving economy and people's lives will improve, but don't expect the other side to give you credit. Bill Clinton presided over one of the greatest economic booms in American history. Then his opponents impeached him for having an affair. Right now, perhaps in part due to an extraordinary run of job creation, Barack Obama's approval ratings stand at just over 50%, which for a president in our time of disunion is about as good as it can get. Both parties believe that the policies they advocate are both morally correct and practically efficacious. If you're right about that, then the things you do ought to produce good results. But don't expect the other side to admit that you were right and they were wrong all along. You know what I'd like? I'd like to hear a presidential candidate answer the unity question with some brutal truths. Like, I wish I could unify the country, but I can't. All I can do is do the best job possible, even if I know that no matter what happens, a healthy portion of the population is still going to hate me. But I'll try to do right by them, too. That would at least be honest, even if the candidate would be pilloried for not buying into the myth of a unity that is always supposed to be awaiting us if only we can put aside our differences. And that does it for this week's episode of 7-Minute Opinions. Look out for new episodes every Tuesday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a rating or a review on iTunes. I'm Paul Waldman, and thanks so much for listening.